Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and sometimes investor and massive professional wrestling fan. I got to tell you, every time I get ready to sit down and talk to myself by myself on a Saturday, I think long and hard about the points I want to make and what I'm trying to say and what I want to accomplish with some of these episodes. Oftentimes, I talked about just the bullets I have that I want to run through of things that are on my mind. Sometimes when I'm sitting here organizing, formatting my show, I just say to myself, you know what, come on, let's just go. And I think that is such an important mindset and mentality that we all can have just to start off a new year. 2021 is here. It is upon us. And I think the planning and strategy will always be paramount. It'll always be important. But sometimes you just got to go. You just got to trust your instincts and you got to make it happen and see what happens on the other side. I am a big fan of experimentation. I love it. I think the more that you go and you trust your gut and you trust your instinct and start experimenting on things that are in your mind and are on top of, top of your dome, the more you'll learn, right? You're not going to get perfect overnight. You're not going to make a million dollars on sports cards overnight. However, it's a long winding road, as they say, and it's a process. And the more experiments that you can create to learn and get feedback in real time to understand if you need to double down on those experiments or try something new, the better. You can't be stagnant. You got to have a high volume of activities. And I'm just so inspired by what I've learned in 2020, all that I've gone through with jumping back into the hobby, starting a podcast, creating a platform, building a community of people that are in the same position that I'm in, trying to figure this damn wacky market out and try to be adaptable and figure it out. And at the end of the day, collect cards that make us happy and be very passionate about what we're doing. I think we're all in that position and I think that is important. And I would not be here today and this year and speaking with all of you, my Stacking Slabs family, without all of the learnings along the way. And I think that's important. I think we all have goals going into the year. For me, I try to think about those goals and I try to think, what can I do to accomplish these goals? Is it financial? Is it you know, personal health? Is it um, family? All of these goals just in, inside and outside of sports cards. But I think the one thing that I think you know about me at this point is I got to be consistent. And I like to show my work. I like to talk about it. I like to air it out on podcasts. I like to air it out on Instagram because I like to, that. that's my method for holding myself accountable for some of the things I'm saying. Well, if I keep it to myself, then who else is holding, holding me accountable except for myself? However, if I use stacking slabs and use my brand 
to share thoughts and ideas and things that I'm thinking about and my goals that I have in real time, well, not only am I holding myself accountable for that, but then hopefully some of you loyal listeners of the Stacking Slabs family can help hold me accountable too. And I think that's the powerful thing here about the world we live in and how connected we are. Um, I had some serious goals uh, leading into 2020 and obviously with COVID hitting and just it, you know, it could have sidetracked a lot of those. However, I was very passionate about passionate about pursuing those. And a lot of them were in sports cards, right? I wanted to start a podcast. I not only started a podcast in sports cards, I started one for, for uh, my work and it really changed my perspective. I wanted to look out um, and continue to look out for my mental and physical health. And I did that. Uh, my brother-in-law shot a text to this running group I'm in and I had not been paying attention in the last half of the year, but just asked about running goals. And I looked down and looked at my uh, monthly tracking for my mileage. And I had run two th- over 2,000 miles this year, which is, um, it's good. That's good for me. I'm, uh, it's probably the most I ever ran. And I did that because I knew I was locked up in home and I knew that there was isolation and I knew I had to look out for my mental health and my physical health during times of COVID. So those are the some of the things of last year. And now I'm trying to think, how can I build off of these things? How can I continue the momentum around not only Brett McGrath, the person and you know my, my, what I'm about and what I'm trying to uh, be a better person, but then on the other side, what can I do to put those goals into uh, the hobby and, and make the hobby a better place. So those are the things I'm being very mindful of. And I hope you all have goals this year. And I'd love to hear those goals. I'd love for you to share those goals with me. Um, if you've got ideas, if you got takes, goals, whatever it is, like you know, um, that's something that I love to talk about. So definitely, you can always let it rip. Email me at stackingslabs at gmail.com and maybe you'll get some placement on the show. I, I just love that segment from Reckless Cards last week. And I felt like it's a good, I don't want it to be buried in just one episode, but um, that take by Courtney about just, uh, you know, females being in the hobby and the treatment of females, that's important shit, everybody. Like that's, that is a, that is real. And I think I want to, I want to be able to share some of those, those thoughts and concerns and issues on this platform. So if you have those ideas or issues or things you're running into, feedback, things that you think would benefit the greater good of the Stacking Slabs family and community, holler at me. Holler. I will, I will make it happen, and I'll try to get a, find a way to get that voice heard. I find like that is, that is the best way, and, and I hope you know that through this platform and what I will continue to do is not only sit here on Wednesdays, every Wednesday, and just share my thoughts and perspective on the sports card market. But I'll also do Instagram stuff. I'll also do stuff on uh, Fridays, right? The Hobby Hustle to bring on people to give them the opportunity to share their voice because I'm a firm believer that it is never just about one person sharing and talking. It takes a community and a collective of individuals who not only have, who have very different opinions, right? But might have different goals there might be some synergies, but it really takes diversity in those different views on what's happening in the hobby, things that people are seeing and tracking, um, and sharing those things out. Right now, that happens, but that happens one to one, right? Um, that happens, you know, in Instagram chats and in group chats or whatever. You know, my goal really is to continue to build 
this platform and my God, I can't believe like the growth um, just on the Instagram side, just on just people downloading these things, uh, this episode, the first day it comes out every, every Wednesday and every Friday. It's amazing. Like I'm very thankful that I'm providing value to people enough and hopefully entertaining. I hope you get who I am. I hope you, you understand that if you were to see me at a ball game or at the national or whatever, like this is me, this is the guy you're going to get. And it's about being authentic. It's about being real because I think those are key pieces in order to help build this damn brand out. So you know what, everyone? Let's go. Let's get this party started right this year. Sports cards are an amazing escape. It's an amazing getaway. There's so much to think about and so much to do and so much opportunity to get lost in. Like, let's let's get lost in these sports cards this year. The market is going to be going wacky. New people are going to be entering. There's going to be acquisitions. There's going to be new money coming in. There's going to be all of the above. The one thing we can be doing at the top of this year is know be know that this is coming. Be adaptable. Be curious. But damn, let's be passionate about these pieces of cardboard that we enjoy. We like to look at. We like to exchange. We like to move up the ladder. I just think that's a really good mindset going into this year. Speaking of sports cards and speaking of new generation of collectors i love being able to see the uh growth of this market happen um from an early stage and seeing the young collectors getting after it and we celebrated christmas with my uh, wife's side of the family on new year's day because it just that's the way it worked out with schedules and just some uh just different situations happening. So, you know, got together, did a little a casserole, did a little, uh, um, watch, watch some bowl games that were going on, just opened up some presents. And the, the, probably the most exciting part about that is, is I've got, uh, two young nephews and my mother-in-law got them blaster boxes of mosaic football. She had messaged me about it and bought him, bought them some blaster boxes of mosaic. Um, and so I was super fired up to watch them open those up. And it's just so funny. And I know of all of you who have kids out there and watching young ones try to open up packs, um, you know, trying to educate them on what to do and whatever. And um, there was uh, an opportunity to that I was watching, you know, they fly through the cards, right? Is this, oh, oh my God, every, every player's good. Russ Wilson, they know everybody. And so I'm sitting there, man. <laughs> making sure that uh, some card doesn't get pulled that is really nice and that um, doesn't get bent up because they're flying through these things. And Garrett, uh, the youngest, is uh, he's struggling to open up the pack. So I cracked the pack and then I handed it to him to pull that out. And I look and I see the back of one of the cards and it just I see Herbert on the back <laughs> and he's flying through these cards. And I just say, hey, man, let me hold that one really quick. And I grab it and I pull it around and it's a, a green a mosaic Justin Herbert out of the blaster that he pulled. Um, I grabbed it and there I was trying to share with them, Hey, this one just needs to be protected. And it's just funny, like being in the game, doing what we do and trying to educate young ones on the value of cards in the market. And it's really hard to do because there isn't this mindset of like the trading and 
the uh, the market conditions and why a Justin Herbert card that's a parallel would be the most would be an expensive car that you'd want. So I was trying to explain those dynamics while they were trying to get their hands on the card, and I was trying to like have this balance. With, then my brother-in-law Greg got involved, and I explained to him the the pull, and he grabbed the card. And then we side had a conversation about what we should do with this card. And my feedback to him was, "Hey, like we should get this thing graded." And then I was trying to explain grading to my nephews, and it was just an amazing experience. Just having a one card that is a great card that is that was pulled. And trying to explain to everyone like the world that I operate in and the giving them guidance on what we should do with this card. And needless to say, I am holding the card right now as I record this. And this card is in a card saver one. And I'm going to send this baby into PSA. I'm going to get this thing graded. But for me, I'm not saying, and I know there's people who don't grade cards and there's reasons for that. That's fine. But like for me, this is like an exciting moment because I get to walk through two young, two you know, five and you know, nine or six and nine year old uh, kids through the grading process and why we're grading, and then look at the the price of the card once it comes back and graded, and then go through. Well, do we want to save, great sell this card? Do we want to? Um, do we want to hold on to it until next season and then sell it? Do we want to keep it because we like Justin Herbert? Um, those are the types of the conversations that I'm looking forward to have, but it's just incredible. The power that opening up packs can, can have and connecting with just different generations around cardboard. It's a powerful thing. And man, that was fun. I'm um, in a great way to kick off the new year for me. I got to just say, I'm, I know I, I haven't shut up about this, but if you're an NBA fan and you don't have league pass, come on, get with it. I it can't just, I'm having so much fun flying through the games, watching everything. There's just so much action all the time. And I'm just such a fan of the NBA and it's just so fun in this atypical NBA season to watch these teams operate and to also look at rotations, what teams are doing and I just, I can't get enough. And I think one of the exciting things about this year is the ability to play these back-to-back games and have this playoff vibe because of travel restrictions, this and that. And the Pacers went through this against the Celtics at home. And it was just such an, it was exciting. It had a playoff vibe and a playoff feel for it. So I I just, I I love, I'm I'm a, if you're playing in the, commodity trading day-to-day market and you don't have league pass you're doing yourself a disservice because i think just watching the games if you got the time sharing your passion um from watching these games and putting it into sports cards is a really cool opportunity and i'm not necessarily taking action on what these games and making knee-jerk reactions this and that i'm just enjoying watching basketball and the more NBA basketball I can watch of smaller markets and things that I'm not typically exposed to, the better off I, I'll be as a just fan of the NBA. And then if I do want to get down into some of the day-to-day trading components, then obviously I'll be more educated than a lot of other people not watching the games. And speaking of sports, I'm completely terrified going into this Sunday and I know it'll on by the time this gets released the playoffs will be set but oh man it's one of those things for me I'm just trying to 
mentally prepare myself for um, the Indianapolis Colts in the situation. And it's a lot like we've got to obviously beat Jacksonville, but you know, one of four teams needs to lose between the um, Ravens, the Dolphins, um, the Browns and, or the Titans and the way they've got the games organized. They've got the, the Titans and the Colts going head to head at 425 and all those one o'clock games will be done. So I'm, my mindset is you can only control what you can, can, can control. And I obviously can't control the outcome of the games. I just, I'll be very disappointed if this Colts team get is unable to play in the playoffs because it's a good team. And I, I just, I'm, I, I'm just being very, very hopeful. So it is what it is, but I'll be, as I sit here and record this on a Saturday, the Indianapolis Colts are very much on my mind and I'll be be put on my Darius Leonard jersey. I'll have my Colts gear on and I'll be very excited to watch some damn football on Sunday. I am transitioning into a new role that, st- that will have started on Monday at a new company and we're building a, a new company around uh, content distribution. It's in the marketing space, my bread and butter. Um, and it's it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. And, you know, the opportunity to work in an organization that's building a product that gets content to the right people at the right time in a, in a very um, thoughtful and organic way and, and allows customers to use our platform to make sure that the value they're getting uh, providing to the market gets to as many of the right people as possible is exciting for me. Like I'm really excited. So I've been having conversations in preparation of just the start date and trading, you know, um, just thoughts with our CEO and talking through things. And one thing came to my mind where I thought of this book that I recently read and it's called powerful by Patty McCord. Patty McCord is responsible for people and HR and all of that stuff. Um, at, at Netflix and was there for the growth of Netflix. And so I like st- thinking about this book for anybody in business. This book is like the perfect, uh, it's quick, easy, but just the, the way she handles people and talks about handling people and growth and getting people aligned. Like it's a really great business book. But my biggest takeaway from this book as I'm starting a new job, and I'm also thinking about the sports card market, is what she said when she used to have one-on-one meetings. They used to be in this format. It's really simple. She used to ask her people, what are you going to start? What are you going to stop? And what are you going to continue? And it's, we're going to start, stop, and continue. And that's a pretty damn good, easy, simplified format if you're really thinking about unearthing topics that are of importance that you can have a conversation about. So what did I do? I sat here as I'm thinking about this episode and I said, 2021, we're here. We're, we're live. Stacking Slabs podcast, Brett McGrath. What are you going to start? What are you going to stop? And what are you going to continue? And I think first, what am I going to start? And I think one of the things in the hot, hot button issues for me is just this concept and idea on this market and how there are so many competing interests and categories within this market that aren't yet defined. I think 
there is this component that I'm in about moving up the ladder, consolidation, grail chasing, that there's a lot of people that I like to talk with and learn from that are in that same mode. You know, maybe buy some commodity type stuff that you're going to sell back into the market so you can get cash and move up the ladder. And then you've got people that are in the day trading commodity stuff. You got people breaking, you got people ripping. There's just so many interests and categories within this hobby. There's so many ages that I am really strongly considering and thinking about how how can I, can, knowing that there are so many different market segmentation opportunities, what can you be doing to help bring together Stacking Slabs podcast listeners around the topics that matter most to them? That is one thing that I'm trying to be mindful of. I don't think it works when you try to please all people in the hobby and speak to everybody in the hobby. That's not what this show is about. This is your hobby content alternative for a reason, different from what other people are talking about. It's a little left of center. It's stuff that I'm a believer in, and it's a stuff that if you continue to come back and listen, I think you're getting value and you're believing in. So what I'm thinking about is thinking about how can we really begin to use market segmentation and category components to our advantage to start bringing together the right types of people to have conversation around topics that matter most to us and not to the market as a whole. That's one thing I'm thinking about starting. One thing I'm I'm definitely stopping is not stressing over the bullshit, putting on the blockers. There's so much regard with a growing market and with different market di- dynamics and categories. There's going to be stuff that's going to piss you off. It's going to you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, I don't believe in this. This is wrong. This is corrupting people. Like that is no matter what that's going to happen and we can't save everyone. So like my big thing is I'm going to like try to get out of that. Like I'm not scared to hit block on an account if they're pissing me off or if someone keeps entering my feed with toxic posts, like I'm just going to block it out because like I don't need to get wrapped up in sitting here and Baiting on what I should say to them or trying to repost it with a comment or this and that. Like, that's not what, that's a waste of my time. And I value my time. So that's one thing I'm going to stop doing is just not stressing over the bullshit and putting on my blockers because we're in this damn hobby because it makes us happy. And anything that doesn't make me happy in the hobby, like, it, there's a very easy function. And that's ignoring, that's blocking, and that's getting rid of those things that are you view as toxic. Um, and the final thing, continue. I think like one thing that I'm really f- feeling personally that I want to continue is try to elevate my system, try to elevate the money in opportunities and the money out opportunities in grading, buying, selling, and building a machine around what I'm doing personally, no matter what, all the great collectors and the people that are making it happy in the hobby making it happen in the hobby all have a system and I study and monitor and ask questions. And so what I am really passionate about continuing is being very focused, continuing my system so I can continue to get the damn cards I want that are going to make me happy. And speaking of cards I want that are going to make me happy, but speaking of striking out, man, talked about the Peyton Manning auctions on PWCC. We had another round this week. Apparently there's some Manning collector that is rolling out his Manning cards on PWCC auctions throughout this next year, I think, right? So we've had one, now we had our second. 
and it's really good stuff. It's there's a there's some low end stuff, there's some high end stuff too. I really like it. What I don't like is the fact that all the auctions approximately end around the same time, and it's just like talk about you know pure pandemonium is making decisions on where you want to allocate your budget, but then not winning auctions and then reallocating budget and trying to figure that out. It is just madness. Like I'm like I just went through one of these things this week and just. It is a great learning experience and it's a great learning opportunity. And I talk about, I like auctions because it shows the truth of the market. It shows what the value is. It shows what the demand is. And so getting in that game and being a part of those auctions. And I got to tell you, two rounds in a row had my cards target. I am 0 for 10 on these auctions. 0 for 10. Like, and I'm talking, they've been brutal beats. It's been like $5 misses, this and that. But that's okay. It's like I don't get lost up in I don't I'm trying not to get lost up in it. I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I learn from this? Where do I want to focus? But those are just great opportunities. So I think like that's one recommendation to everybody. It's like if you have a player that you collect, like make sure you're like digging in on PWCC and see if there's any of these like uh, opportunities where like sellers are selling all of their stuff from these players like at specific times because like the conversations that I'm having in my Peyton Manning group about these auctions and then watching the activity, it's like, I feel like it's next level hobby um, operating where I'm around people doing the same thing. We're talking about it. They're saying, I can't believe this went for that now, but that's showing the increase of X. And so like, I think that's really important. And one thing that I'm, I'm starting to keep an eye on and, and I, I, I feel like it's something I should air here just in case like, you're a player collector, just go dig into PWCC and look at some of the stuff and what they're doing because there's an opportunity to get better whether you win the cards or not. One of the other things I want to spend a second on is just the fact about the conversation I had with uh, Greg, the Pack Profits. Thanks everyone for, for the feedback. I know obviously Greg has good relationships with a ton of people because a lot of people reached out to me about Greg and just that's what I like to do. I like to bring on people that I like to talk to and believe in. One of the things he talked about was just prism football and how if your cards aren't graded and you don't have them back, then you got to wait for next season. And I think that's really important. And I think I was thinking a lot about that. And it, it is like if your strategy is to get slabbed and, and sell then you got to be really mindful of the turnaround times and uh, the timing of everything. I think, you know, closing up shop on football, but finding opportunities to uh, to grade and buy and get cards back um, before next season is something you should be thinking about now, right? There's going to be opportunities in the playoffs that are going to emerge. Like if teams get in and players have performances and you've got their inventory, then it's a good time to sell. But I think, a lot of the stuff with prism football and where the focus is rookies, rookies aren't going to make the playoffs. So just be patient. Like it's, you know, inevitably there's going to be cards you're going to want and you're going to have cards during off time. And you're going to have to ask yourself, like, do I sell these now, even though the price is low? And my feedback's always like, if it's going to get you money to get you cards that you really want, then don't get too lost up in the margins, especially if you're not losing a bunch of money on it. Um, but I do think that being prepared on timing and understanding timing and the way the hype build works, like is very, very important. Like inevitably with a, like this can't be denied that the hot, some of the highest prices in the 
football card market were the week or two before the NFL season even started. So the hype really mattered in football this year. Like go back and look at the charts. And that's something like I thought it was going to extend a little further. And some players have, some players have grown and we've seen that. Um, But I think just generally as a market, just be the best thing that you probably could be doing now, if you're not trying to sell into the playoffs is preparing yourself for next season. And I think on that note, and again, it's just another level of sophistication when we're thinking about how we want to be operating in the hobby is like, I've spent a year in this studying, researching, analyzing, and the biggest takeaway, I'd probably say my biggest learning from last year is don't get caught up in the day-to-day stuff of the current market and the current players. Like, Be focused on investing in legends. And I think picking a legend to associate yourself with is something that will really help your operating moving into this year. And I know like legends are expensive, but again, it doesn't need to be focused all around the rookie cards. If they're a legend, then the chances are that their parallels, their scarce cars of important sets like tops, Chrome, those cards are going to matter. Um, and those cards are going to continue to gain momentum. Again, this is like the rule of thumb where I just listen to LeBron collectors and talk. That's like, I listen to LeBron collectors talk. I listen to what they're doing and what they're pursuing and see as a Peyton Manning collector, how can I apply those learnings to what I'm doing and how I'm operating in the hobby? Don't just study a card. A lot of people just want to study and be focused in on like the rookie card of that player or the rookie cards of the player. Study the market as a whole, like leading and lagging indicators of performance of cards. Like there are so many platforms that give you this data. Obviously I'm a fan of card ladder, but like go look at card ladders headlines every day. It's like every day. It's like majority of the stuff is about legends, Jordan cards, Gretzky cards, Andre, the freaking giant, you know, Tom Brady, like all Kobe, like that's, that's because those are the cards that are the most collectible and nostalgic and people want, and there's a demand for. And you see these cards that might not have had a demand or as quite as great of a demand six months ago, now that are 5X, 6X what they were before because they're legends and because people want to associate with themselves and because these players have a market. Like that is what you got to think about. Like, do these players have a market? Is it sustainable? Is there opportunities within these players? that I should get involved with. And it doesn't need to be the rookies. And I just think that is a really good thing to do. And I'm fortunate in, and maybe I have a fast pass on this because, you know, my favorite player of, of any sport of all times, Peyton Manning. And yes, he's a legend. And so I get to be highly focused in on his market day to day. And I honestly can tell you, it makes me a better operator. So that's one thing I would just share with all of you is that maybe you don't need to be buying cards of legends, but make sure you're studying the market and the market activity because it will make you better. One of the thoughts I put out last week was about just learning. And I think it's just being a learner is such an important part and being curious and and wanting to understand how things work and why they work is not being a know-it-all and not being the guy who knows or gal who knows everything that's coming. And I I said, we sell cards too early. We will try to stay out of the hype, but get stuck at peak prices. 
we will be wrong on prospects, we'll be get skunked on breaks, we'll make mistakes, but we'll all be given the opportunities to learn this year. And I think like that that is uh, something near and dear to my heart. When I started Sacking Slabs, and I, first thing I think I did was start his Twitter page. On my profile, I just put like, be a student. And I think that 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 rings true to today. Like, be a student. That's like the most important thing I think that uh, I I can be or you can be as you're operating in this ho- hobby. I think, um, you know, you can. It reminds me kind of of like being in the classroom when you know whether it was high school, college, or whatever. It's like you you had the choice. You could either cheat off of friends or you could put in the work. Cheating off your friends might have worked, right? You might have been able to get the test answers before on a final. Maybe you had some scheme where you could look off paper t- uh, arrangement where you could look off of answers in real time as the tests were happening, and you might have gotten good grades on that. However, we all know any of you long-term school cheaters out there, that strategy is not sustainable. You're eventually going to get caught. You're eventually going to get in big trouble. And, you know, it's just not a good way to operate. And then the alternative is putting in the work, right? Doing it yourself, putting in the hours. And I think that mindset really applies to just the hobby and how picking your lane and focusing in on what you want to get better at and putting in the hours and having a passion for it. Um, It can be topics like buying raw, like breaking, grading, ripping wax, chasing grails, building your own sales building relationships, um, the more experience you have in those specific areas where you're failing and failing fast and learning from them, the better you're going to get. You're, you, if you fail at something and you learn from it, your chances are you're not going to go put yourself in that position again. So I think just like that was the spirit of that take and that that's the mindset that I'm having as I'm coming into this year is like, I will never know everything about what's happening in this hobby. I have a podcast that I share my thoughts and people ask me questions all the time about stuff, cards, history, this stuff. And I say, just say, I don't know. Like I try to tell people, like, I don't know this. Like I know like it might seem like I do because I speak on a podcast, but I try to be really authentic. And I, what I try to do is like tell people like, hey, I don't have the answer to this. But here are some ideas of where you might be able to find it. Or here are some people who I know talk about these subjects. Reach out to them. Tell them I sent you. And typically that usually works. So be a learner. I want to thank Patrick and Shay for being on an extended version of Coffin Cards this week. You know, Shay Wave Vlogs, P. Ryan Collection. Those are two guys that are just killing it on Instagram giving back to their audience, sharing perspective. And I said, you know what? These guys have great collections. I know they'll they'll make this entertaining. And damn, it was. I just got to shout out them. That was such a ep- fun episode. Go check that out on my Instagram page. It'll be there. Sit down. You'll see some bangers. That's a good, I just, the reason why I'm doing Coffin Cards is because I wanted to have an opportunity to have a show on Instagram where I was meeting the people I was talking with in real time regularly and it being centered around cards. People love to share and show cards. So thank you everyone for all the feedback on Coffin Cards so far. I'm having a blast doing it. 
Um, speaking of content, I think, you know, this topic is continuing to, my brother brought it up and every conversation I'm, I'm, I'm in, it, it seems like when content gets brought, brought up, it's like, all right, well, like what's the difference between authentic content and just, um, phony baloney content. And to me, like, it's simple. It, it is about giving back. It is about having a passion and it is being here to help first and not think of monetizing off of your audience. There's so much happening where it's the reverse, where it's very apparent and obvious people are trying so hard to make money off of their audience and they might be making money off their audience, whatever, more power to them. However, what I'm trying to do is provide value. Hopefully you understand who I am and what I'm about. And that helps contribute to the growth and the development of the Stacking Slabs brand. I build marketing programs professionally. I do this for a living. And the number one thing that I've learned along the way is the more you give back and the more value you give, the greater returns you'll have on the other side in the end. And so that's my mindset. Align yourself with people who have similar passions to you. Align yourself with people you're learning from. Align yourself with people that are about the same things that you're about. Like, this is a good way to operate in the hobby. So I think that's just really important. There's going to be tons of new content creators coming in this year. There's going to be people that are coming in, talking like they know everything, giving you advice, giving you tips, whatever. What did I say from the beginning? I'm blocking these guys out because they don't matter to me and I don't really care. What I'm trying to do is just provide feedback to you when you're evaluating, making sure. Spending time listening to Stacking Slabs, watching a YouTube video, Instagram conversation, it takes time. Make sure you're getting value on the other side of that. It's, make sure you're, it's fun and make sure it's entertaining. I've talked a lot about technology innovation that's happening in the hobby this year. And I'm so excited to see more. There's going to be stuff popping up that's going to be created that's going to help you, that's going to help me. And it's going. there's going to be stuff that's created that you're not going to care about, and that's okay. But I think the fact that there's more innovation that's going to be emerging in the hobby to support the growth and the development of the infrastructure in this market is a really good thing. So I'm bringing on Eric, the CEO and founder of Loop um, for the Hobby Hustle this week because he's built a company that is solving a prob- problem in the breaking community. And I'm just, I want to talk to more people that are building companies around solutions in the hobby. So he'll be on the Hobby Hustle this week. Really excited for that conversation. So make sure if you've heard of Loop, if you do breaking, or if you're interested in learning more about breaking, We'll talk about that, but most specifically, I want to talk to him about why he decided that it was a good idea to build a, 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 comp, a comp, software company in the sports card market. So get ready for that one. Based on the timing and the release of the last episode, I didn't really get a, the opportunity to address this, but it, I, I want to spend a second here too. Obviously, if you're a fan of wrestling, you heard of the passing of Eric Huber, also known as Brody Lee also known as Luke Harper. And it was, I've never seen a passing of a performer that had such a ripple effect in the community. And everyone had a story to talk about Brody, about how he made their lives better and about how such a, he was such a family man and this and that. And like, 
people, it just, to me, like it really impacted me because it just shows like every day, like you can't take, you got to take every day for granted. You can't, you can't take every day for granted and you really got to make the most and be thankful of the time you have um, here. And just Brody was uh, an exceptional performer, like a guy that I've always gravitated to watching his in-ring work, a guy that you just believed in. And I could talk about him and seeing, I've seen him wrestle live so many times and I had so many memories of him. And, uh, one specifically that I know a lot of the uh, performers brought up, but he, when I was in Phoenix for um, the Royal Rumble, they did a World's Collide tournament with a bunch of young talent. It was in the convention center. And it was a time where Luke, the Luke Harper character was on ice and he hadn't been on TV, but then they brought him back to wrestle Donovan uh, Dijakovic at this smaller thing. And he hadn't been in, seen or been in the ring for a while. He was coming off of his Bludgeon Brothers character. And I sat like 10 feet standing there watching this match. And it was an absolute banger. And Brody did his job. And that was to get Donovan Dijakovic over. And just a hell of a performance. I remember just bit like walking away from that match, just being blown away. That match is on the WWE Network. I know you can find that. So go look it up. And then just another one that I saw that I remember triggered a thought, but I saw Brian Myers post this, the most professional wrestler host of the major wrestling figure podcast. Got to give him the plugs there, but he just posted 2014 elimination chamber between the Wyatt family and the shield. And I watched that match back this last week and what a banger it, it was. So I, I will miss uh, Brody Lee. I will miss uh, him as a character, I will miss. My heart goes out to his family, um, and in his untimely passing, and just a thank you to Tony Khan in the AEW, in AEW for putting on just the best possible tribute show ever this past Wednesday. It was remarkable. I sat there and watched this tribute and listened to uh, his brothers and sisters share stories about him and watch this beautiful just show put together and just was busted up in tears this whole time. And it was so real and authentic and um, it just triggered so many emotions for me. And it's just so sad to see people pass that you look healthy and are fine one day and the next day um, they're gone. So just wanted to spend a second. And I know I, I spend a little time each week talking wrestling, but this one definitely dedicated to Brody Lee. Um, also, too, you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees and you can go purchase uh, Brody Lee t-shirts. I bought some and that money and those proceeds will go directly back to his family. So go support a wrestler, damn it. Go support Brody Lee and his family, his wife Amanda and his two little ones. Um, and go watch some of his work, not just WWE, not just AEW. His indie stuff, like, God, this guy was something special. So thank you so much, Brody. We will always be thinking about you and the Stacking Slabs family. It's always hard to transition from stuff like that. I know it is. But, you know, going back to just the um, technology and loop and supporting the uh, infrastructure of the hobby, I'm a firm believer that the more technology, the better, because we really need to start 
supporting this infrastructure, we need to start innovating. And I, I put this out there last week on market size that uh, the total addressable uh, total addressable market is around $8 billion. I got so many questions from this. Darren Herman, midlife crisis cards. You heard him on the damn pod. Go check out his Medium page. Plug in the Medium page for you, Darren. Uh, he put that number out there. He does a lot of this research for his professional job and living, so I use that number. But I said total addressable market is around $8 billion. Hockey stick growth will require companies' content investment to focus on demographic segmentation as the market evolves. I just talked about demographic segmentation. The creation of smaller categories will drive better conversations and stronger connections. And how do I unpack this? Well, like we're all fans of sports, right? Sports is a big category. However, which sports are you a fan of? That's where you, you, I wouldn't know what to say with cricket fans. I, I wouldn't. I don't know cricket. But I think the way the market is right now and the hobby, it's like, okay, you all do sports cards. So here it is. And I think the more we can segment our interests into categories and have conversations and build communities, the better we will be. Um, we learn more when we're surrounded by people and content that is similar to us and what we're doing. There's a, just like going to and getting a suit. You get it tailored. You get it fit to you and how you are built and how you want to look. and so it's just that tailored approach to what we're doing in the hobby. Growing markets create opportunities and they also cause problems. New gurus will pop up, new people. It's like the real estate market. When there's a real estate's booming, there's always experts coming in. A lot of that this year in the sports card market. New people on YouTube coming in telling you everything that they're doing. Um, but I think innovation will all, always be needed. And I think a segmented approach will take us to that next level. I, I do think that, and I'm really excited about it. I think the market's going to continue to boom, and there's going to be so much that we can all grab a hold on, hold on, and, and be excited. But I think the more we can think about our operation in in the form of categories, the better off we will be. I I also wanted to talk about just overpaying in general, and I think overpaying for stuff that you believe in that you think is going to grow. Uh, long term is completely okay. I think overpaying on stuff that is rare and scarce and you might not see again um, is okay. People, people set the new bar all the time on these cards, and you could consider that overpaying. I, I don't think that you should be overpaying on commodities like base prism cards and buying at the peak. No, I don't think you should do that. But I think it's okay to overpay on rare and scarce cards that. You are you believe in that you're you're passionate about. I think, you know, I put out there it's okay to overpay if you've got patience and have done the work to forecast the trends. More importantly, it's okay to overpay for something if you're chasing and you don't give a shit about trends and the card makes you happy. Defy the mainstream advice. Defy overpaying for stuff that is everyone can get from opening up a pack. But if it's stuff you're chasing, man. Go for it. Like, make it happen. Like, it's okay. Don't look back. I think that's a really important mentality that we should be thinking about a lot because if you can buy a card right now and it's an all time high, but based on your studying and your research, you know that this card could triple or double based on another trend you've seen. That's the magic of opportunities in this hobby because it's you seeing something not everyone else is seeing. All right, let's get to the mailbag and let's start turning 
fourth turn. We're getting to the close of this one, but I want to thank everyone for submitting questions to the mailbag. First question, JK Sports Card. What card product do you think is highly undervalued? I think Select is. I've always thought Select is based on it being hobby only. I think Select is look at the pop reports. I think the big moment for me it was when I was talking with the card father, Rob Burbank. It's like the 13th highest volume seller in eBay, any category. The guy sees more cards than anybody. Him saying like when people come in to sell their stuff, it stacks a prism, stacks a optic stack. There's hardly any select. So I think select is the most undervalued brand just because there's not a lot of product that are, it's harder to find. Mostly 90s basketball cards. Do you track your collection? What's your process? I was really habitual about this. And then that was more when I was kind of in the day-to-day trading. But I've been less focused on that um, because I've been more grail chasing. And so I still, I think card ladders are a great tool to track anything you're doing. I would recommend anyone who's interested in tracking anything you're doing. That platform has all the tools you're doing, but I've been less habitual about it recently as I kind of try to move up the ladder and not worry about the nitty gritty margins of everything, but more focused on long-term growth. Rave Collect, who is your basketball goat? Oh boy. This is such a, uh, this question's just tough because I feel like no matter what you say, there's going to be animosity. And I guess the simplest way I can put this is just that Michael Jordan was another level of excellence and another level of superstardom and his legacy still exists today in so many forms and just look at what the last dance did. But like LeBron, uh, LeBron isn't over with his, he's got his own legacy and he has built exceeded expectations along the way. Some people might not have liked the way LeBron did certain things, but LeBron has always said, he's always done what he said. He's always been surpassed all the hype. He's all like, he's never been in trouble. He's a family man. Like, so I'm a fan of LeBron. I'm a fan of Jordan. How could you not? And then you got to throw in Kobe too. I know Kobe, Kobe seems to be in the mix in some conversations and not. And I like my, my perspective of, if you're thinking about like greatness, the greatest of all time, and I know you could dig back and think about like guys like Kareem and Bill Russell and all these guys, but like for my money, it's some combination of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James. It's all in that mix. Like they're all great for their own respective rights. Um, so I think anytime that question comes up, those are the three guys that come top to mind. I don't know if I'm avoiding direct answering directly or not, but I just think it's it's some combination of those guys. Card Hunter 96, will will rare LeBron inserts eventually command Jordan prices? I think so. I think so. I just think uh, you look at LeBron, he's got a huge collector base and a huge market, much like Michael Jordan's is. So I could definitely sing his rare and scarce inserts. Now, the problem is, is that like the 90s inserts, the rare and scarce ones are so aesthetically like pleasing and they've, they've had the time to maturate. So It'll be interesting to see if LeBron's have the same um, response, but I do think that they're going to command big time prices, uh, you know, in 10 years, 15 years down the line because of the legacy 
um, he has created. And it, look at how strong his current market is. Kevin Weaver, 78. Um, he's asking me, could you show us a few of your Kylers? Yeah, I, I will do that. I'm going to, I'll put those up on um, Instagram. I'll do that. Uh, a lot of the, my favorite Kylers I don't own, unfortunately. So that is something I'm in the process of trying to figure out his market, what I want to do, try to figure out is there opportunities if the Cardinals make the playoffs? Is there opportunities if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs? That's where my mind's at now. But I'll definitely try to share off some of those in the new future. All right, my man Drake, first question. He's got two. Hobby becomes more, is the hobby going to become more collecting or investing slash profiting? I think both. I think that's why I go back to what I was talking about with categories in general. It's like, we just need to start putting labels and categorying and building content and building innovations around these different different categories within the hobby. I think they're all going to continue to grow. Not, I don't think one's going to outweigh the other, but there's going to be more more of everything coming in. And I just think it's finding your balance and picking where you want to spend time. His second question is, how can you tell if a card's price increases organic versus influencers um, telling members of their subscribers to buy a card, which decreases the supply, causing the price to increase. I think like the best way to do it is like the influencers that are, have the ability to move market trends. Like we all know those people. And I think it's just like keeping an eye on what they're saying. And inevitably, like you can just tell if someone's saying something about Kevin Durant, just go look at eBay. If there are those like price jumps overnight, that are extreme and they're not associated with anything else. It's usually because someone said something about them who has a massive platform. That's what I've learned. So I think it's always just be mindful of that and go back and just, you know, you might not follow these influencers and what they're saying word to word, but like just keep an eye on what they're doing because the one thing you don't want to do is buy any cards that they're talking about. Bad timing. All right. Trading card finds. What card releases are you looking forward to this year and why? I would say like for me, it's, you know, there's all the other card releases that are coming out on normal. And like, obviously, Prism Basketball is going to get a lot of people's attentions and tension. And you'll try, I'll try to figure out what's my place with that. But honestly, like I want to see the AEW upper deck cards. Not not because I think they're going to be the most valuable things, but I'm a, massive fan of AEW and I can't wait for Upper Deck to release some I I have not been able to get my hands on Upper Deck cards since I've been back in the hobby just cuz I don't collect hockey cards um and I know they've got the license so like I'm excited for getting some Upper Deck product it being a, the AEW so I don't know when that's coming out but I'm pumped for it. All right, final question. Bead OT Paul I might have that name wrong. I apologize. Is the long turnaround for grading hurt, hurting the hobby? Sell raw or miss out on the hype train? I honestly think like the long wait for turnaround time, like we, you can control it at some way. I've talked about if you really want cards back and it makes sense, express them, spend the extra, get them back. Then you can have them in your possession and decide what you want to do with them. I think that's where we're going to be moving in the hobby is that don't just grade everything, grade the stuff that makes sense to be to to grade. I think that's going to be important. I also think like there's an element though on like these subs that you can send these cards off and it gives you time where you're not making 
quick decisions on these cards and what you want to do with them. Like there are some people that could have put a bunch of John Morant prism cards for grading and are getting them back now. And they're, the prices are two, three X what they would have been if they got them four or five months ago. So I don't think it's hurting the hobby. I think I try to look at the bright side of everything. And the one thing for me, it's allowed me to be is more patient and be more mindful about my moves I'm making and operating. So thank you so much for everyone in the Instagram community for sending those questions. I do appreciate it. I want to close out with this one that I put out there and it's about connections. We meet people and we maintain existing relationships every day. We learn about motivations, interests, and desires of many. We learn about where they need help. Facilitating connections between your network is impactful and is the best way to grow your personal brand. I think to me, not thinking about yourself, but thinking about stuff that's coming from you, questions you're getting, and sending those people to other people you've met who you know are subject matter experts and bridging the gap is extremely powerful. And that is a great way that you can be viewed in the hobby as someone that is a trusted resource and someone that's facilitating good relationships. I try to be mindful of that. I, I don't know everything. However, I meet a lot of really cool people. So when stuff comes my way, I try to make that connection and help other people out. That's something we all should be thinking about as we enter into 2021 and we're making it happen. Try to think about how you can help other people out by connecting them to people in your network who you know you can help them out. Bridge the gap on those relationships. Make it happen. That'll matter to those people. And it's a great opportunity to help build and establish your own personal brand. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all all you've done and for helping me keep this podcast going in 2021. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. Tell a damn friend about this podcast and I will talk to you next week or actually on Friday. (laughs) See you soon. (laughs) 